Welcome to The Read Along, a mini book club for your ears, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm your host, Scott. I'm your other host, Anita. And join us on a journey through a good book, one, one chapter, chapter at, at a time. Hosted by Todd Hirsch, ATB Financial's Vice President and Chief Economist, The Future of Podcast has launched its third season. By connecting with industry leaders to uncover what's on the horizon for things that mean the most to you, The Future of Podcast promises to give you insights to help navigate what is often an uncertain future. Explore how our economy and communities can not only brace for change, but embrace the opportunity it creates. Subscribe to The Future of in the Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found, and connect at atb.com slash the future of. Coming off a long weekend here at Shea Read Along. <laughs> Happy post-Easter, everybody. Little vacation, but uh, not a super restful one. The elder child <laughs> came down with the sickness. Not the sickness. Not, not the sickness. But no, a sickness. Nobody panic. He got a bit of a stomach bug. Yeah. He so, had a, an upset tummy. So a uh, couple days of... Um, a very whiny little boy. <laughs> and and some uh, exciting runs to the bathroom. Yeah, we, we did all the testing and everything, and everything came back looking good. So wasn't the worst case scenario, but it did make for a weird and stressful long weekend. Yeah. And somehow Easter was still very full of chocolate. Yeah. There's so much chocolate. <laughs> Don't be wrong, I'm happy about it because I love chocolate, but... Whew, we went from very little to crazy overload. Yeah, we finally got rid of all the Halloween candy. Just <laughs> in time for the Easter candy to come in. Oh, not even. We finally got rid of the Halloween candy in time for all the Christmas goodies. And we've, we're not even quite, not quite over the Christmas goodies in time for the Easter rush. There you go. There's just a constant supply of junk food coming to our house. It's true. And uh, we have to pick up the slack on it because, surprisingly, our kids don't eat a ton of junk food. Well, and so. I don't want them to eat a ton of junk food. That's I feel like that's building bad habits. But yeah, right. I for want sure. I want my children to be healthy, and so I don't I don't deny them treats, but I also don't let them run rampant on treats. Yeah, try to be a little responsible. Yeah, but uh, yeah, currently a lot of Easter chocolate in the basket. So many eggs. Some bunnies. More eggs. More eggs. Mostly eggs. Mostly eggs. So many fair. eggs. But uh, yeah, so uh, a good time from the from the Easter Bunny, despite the the sick over the weekend. Yeah, and, we came uh, out all right, I think. Back to things. Back yeah. to the grind. Just in time for it to get rainy and or snowy. Not to talk about the weather again, but it's taken a turn for the weird. It happens in April. It's not unexpected, but it is still weird. You also trampled over my segue. Oh, I'm sorry. Because I mentioned that it's back to the grind, and then I was going to lead that into the segue of the grind of the space people in our book. Oh, I'm sorry. You want to just go back and cut everything I've said? Because Nope, it's, it's too late. We've carried on. <laughs> and uh, with that, we will go into a brief recap of our previous chapter, in which we get introduced to Sergeant Pollux and Ensign Reyna, our two protagonists. One down on the planet, one up in space. Both of them having a pretty crummy day. <laughs> yeah. Them and everybody else, it seems. Reyna is summoned to the airlock to assist in getting Pollux back in an emergency situation, which is what leads us directly into Chapter 3 
of Screams from the Void by Ann Tibbetts. So Raina rushes to the airlock to help deal with this emergency measure. Yes. And is met very quickly by Ensign Tamsin, another one of the kind of maintenance ensigns. Yes. Who's much younger than Raina. And surprisingly chipper. Yeah. Uh, we actually learn here that Raina is perhaps unusually old for kind of an entry-level mechanic on a spaceship. Yeah. She's the ancient age of 27. Yeah, but like that's late to start her career is kind of where she's positioning herself in yeah. this moment. She looks at Tamsin, who's much younger. I think and Tamsin ad- is 18. But ta- and admittedly, Tamsin is a bit of a prodigy. It's established that Tamsin is unusually young for someone starting their career. We- okay, and I realize that I am coming at this from not-in-universe eyes, but there's only a nine-year difference between the two, and she makes it sound like it's this huge age gap. That's a really narrow window. For someone to start their career. Well, yes and no. But Raina mentions that she was held up getting out of the academy. And she's kind of now stuck in this entry-level position. So it's kind of delayed her ability to advance. And she actually laments at one point in this chapter that she doesn't want to be, like, pushing 40 and just getting to the next rank, right? Well, which is fair, I suppose. Still. 27 isn't that old. No, it's not. But I think you have to kind of get in the headspace of imagine that you were starting an entry-level position at a job where most of the entry-level position people are pushing 20 and you're pushing 30. Which is fair enough. Yeah. Right? That's enough to make someone feel old. Even if it doesn't seem like there's much of an age gap there, you're going to feel like the old person and you're going to feel kind of crummy about it. Especially if maybe some of the people who are higher rank than you or, or further up the chain are younger than you. Yeah, it could be. Or the same age as you. Mm. I'm not saying I don't get it. Maybe I'm saying that she's being a little too hard on herself. Maybe. At the same time, like, she's just had a fight with Osric, and she's feeling down on her career at the moment. Yeah. She's not happy where she is. No. Well, to be fair, <laughs> nobody's happy where they are on this ship in all senses of the phrase. Yeah. I can wrap myself around that headspace. I understand where she's coming from. Uh, The note I made about Tamsin was, finally we meet a nice person. Finally, someone who's like pleasant and cheerful and friendly. Yay! I mean, we met Ensign Avram in the last episode, and he did nothing but just quote movies. So I'm going to say that that's not inherently mean or jerky. Fair enough. And to be fair, we also met Corporal Gala in the last chapter, and Corporal Gala came across maybe as a bit of a worrywart, but not necessarily bad. No, not necessarily bad, but, like, the level of pleasantness has been fairly low, right? He came off as kind of annoying, because it was through uh, someone else's perspective, right? So, I don't just I think Tamsin's the first person we've met who is, like, genuinely presented as cheerful and friendly and not miserable. The two of them set to work getting the airlock to open. Apparently it's had some issues in the past, which Reyna reflects on the fact that she's the one they now call for airlock problems because Osric is useless and she knows how to get stuff done. But of course, Osric always takes the credit for it. Of course. Which leads her to believe that he's actually advanced in his career only as far as he's been able to take credit for other people's work. Yeah, to step on his ensigns on the way up. Yeah. 
which is kind of validated by the conversation that she has with Tamsin. Yep. It's like, no Osric? Nope, just me. Oh, that's refreshing. Yeah, no means, drama. Let's just do this. Might me- means we might be able to get the work done today. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think that her perception of Osric is the only perception of Osric. No, actually, uh, even some of the, I want to say some of the comments from the rest of the technical crew as well when they get back on board, also indicates nobody really has a high opinion of Osric. I'm okay with that. Everyone kind of knows what he's about. Yeah, but I'm, I'm okay with it. Or at least or at least the people lower in rank mm-hmm. kind of know what he's about. And I think we talked about this last episode. He's probably going to die, and it's probably going to be very satisfactory. <laughs> yeah. uh, at any rate, the ground crew arrives, and Pollux is in a bad way. Uh, still overheating, still having problems, breathing, still going in and out of consciousness. And we find out here what actually went wrong. Basically, last chapter when she went to jump over the ravine, she fell and there was like a crutch because she wrecked a panel or something on her spacesuit. We now find out that was basically the environmental regulator. Yeah. So she's currently being boiled by her spacesuit. Right? So everything's a big mess. Yeah. Uh, Reyna quickly realizes what the issue is, does some some does technical work. Fancy rerouting of something, something, so yeah. they can bring her temperature down so they can take her helmet off without killing her. Well, bring her temperature down and then re-oxygenate her with, yeah. with a spare tank so that she can be taken yeah. out of the space. Basically get her out of the suit without killing her so that they can look after her. Yeah. In the meantime, Tamsin also calls for basically medical aid. Mm-hmm. And uh, we are met by Airman First Class Valda. Yes who speaks a combination of English and Spanish. Delightful. Through the uh, course of this chapter, who seems pretty competent and mm-hmm. uh, pretty straightforward and kind of gets to work helping with getting Pollux out of the spacesuit and then back on her feet. And uh, the rest of the team kind of strips off their spacesuits and, and helps get Pollux basically to the sleep chambers, they say. Yeah. So that she can kind of rest off having just been oxygen deprived and overheated. Yes. She's not in a great way, uh, but they can make her better now, yeah, I ma- hope. Basically, she just needs a chance to recoup. Yeah, because I think she's going to have to start fighting for her life by the end of this book. So, uh, Yeah, because there's a monster on board, but they don't know that yet. Not yet. But there's a different monster on board, too, and that's Osric, who shows up just after the rest of the crew is taken off to oh. immediately lay into Reyna for this big mess in the airlock. But she is in the process of cleaning up. Upbraids her about how expensive the spacesuits are and why would she leave them lying around. And Reyna finally just has enough. Now, as we mentioned last chapter, people are kind of done. Yes. And this chapter, Reyna outright says, I'm done. And tells Osric off to his face. Oh, yeah. She lets him have it in such a satisfying way. Like, I felt good (laughs) reading this chapter. In the moment, she felt good, too. And it's... Such a, a directed and on-target barrage. Oh, yeah. That Osric basically just stands there sputtering. He doesn't even have a good retort for it. Nope. Except he- to repeatedly be just like, blah, 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 you can't talk to me that way. And she's basically just like, well, I just did. Yeah, I can. Okay, bye. And uh, while it is satisfying in the moment, less satisfying the further she moves away from the moment. Honestly, right before she goes on her rampage and immediately afterwards, the whole time, she's like, I should not have done that. Why did I do that? Oh, that was dumb. Yeah, by the time she reaches, like, the top deck of the ship, she's like, well, I'm fired. Like, yeah, the like problem there, goes, is, there goes my career. <laughs> she She rage quits her job, basically, but she's on a spaceship. It's not like she can just 
go home. No. Right? She's still trapped on this spaceship with these people. Yeah. So now what? Does she get thrown in the brig? Does she just stay in her quarters until they get home? Like, Well, it's hard to say. And at the moment, there's no captain, though they're not aware of that. Yeah, not yet. Yeah. And this is all of five minutes after the previous chapter, too. So. Oh, yeah. We've had, what, maybe half an hour? A little bit more since the beginning of the book? About 35 minutes have passed, which, again... Yeah. I'm going to raise the question. We're still on yellow alert. Nobody's checked in on it. The captain has not made an announcement. And at least one other officer was called up to the bridge to investigate. Haven't heard anything about what went on with that. No. So there's there's a lot of questions hanging in the air of what's going on. <laughs> yes. I still have a bunch of questions. Like, why did she jump in the first place? Well, yeah. We, we had posited last chapter that it might just be a combination of brashness and hypoxia. Maybe. Like, but, that's not that's not an invalid theory, but we haven't had that answered yet. Yeah. And I mean, it, the implication I get is that Pollux might be kind of brash because Avram and Gala in this chapter kind of joke about Pollux having done it. Yeah. But in that kind of familiar way of like, yeah, that's our Pollux. <laughs> like, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe it is the kind of thing she would have done. Well, yeah. We've only just met her and half of it she was unconscious for. So... I don't know, we'll see. Yeah. This was very much a get-to-know-Reyna kind of chapter. Yeah, get to know her more. And we do get to know her more. We we learn a little bit more about her background. Again, she was kind of delayed coming out of the academy, which is why she's starting her career a little late, something she's very self-conscious about. She's got nine siblings. Huge family. Oh. Uh, one of the reasons that she wanted to get out into space was just to weirdly have some space. <laughs> right? That seemed uh, counterintuitive. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Go, go out, different see, people, I guess. See space, have an adventure. Yes. Yes. Adventure. Well, you, she's definitely going to have an adventure. Not she's in a horror anything. story. She just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. My assumption is, then, that we'll probably get a little bit more with Sergeant Pollock's next chapter. Again, probably. having not read the next chapter, because we... No spoilers. ...go through one chapter at a time. Uh, she does bring something up in her, in her self-conversation, Reyna, about... When things came out about her, making air quotes, Mm -hmm. and I can only assume that it has something to do with her previous relationship. Yeah, her ex who's on board, who we have not met yet. Yeah, and I can't help but wonder if it isn't some kind of kink that she has that's maybe now become public. Based on the kind of stuff that Osric says? Yeah, based on him saying that she likes this kind of abuse, he's actually giving her what she wants, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, nobody actually wants to be abused. Anyone into BDSM, kink, anything in that world, no matter how you define it, it's usually consensual yeah. <laughs> and within reason from person to person. Yeah. And again, let's be fair. That's wild speculation. Oh, we it don't, is. We don't know what has come out about no. her. But I'm very good at wild speculation. And based on the scant evidence I've got, I'm wondering if she wasn't like a sub who maybe didn't want that to be public knowledge. uh, But her jerk ex-boyfriend told everybody. Yeah. And her bad breakup has now made it public knowledge. And And because the ship is a very small community. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what I think. I might be wrong. Total speculation, but uh, sound. And also, let's be fair. If there's one thing our podcast is good at. Early in a novel. It's wild, <laughs> oh. irresponsible speculation. So irresponsible. Yeah. In fact, we could go completely irresponsible and try to guess who the murderer is right now based <laughs> on 
our scant knowledge of a few characters, <laughs> which we have done. Of course, we previously, have. Uh, in in a murder mystery, just been like, I'm going to say it's this person based on I don't know. His name is funny. <laughs> I'm reluctant to do it right now because I honestly don't think we've met everybody yet. But it's entirely possible that we have already met our murderer. Yeah. Maybe turns it's Osric. Turns out Ensign Avram, <laughs> totally the murderer. Horrible murderer. Very disturbed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I would go so far as to say that Osric's too obvious an antagonist at this oh, juncture. and he's been set up as such a jerk. Like, he, I'm quite confident he needs to die for, like, audience satisfaction reasons. Well, I mean, one can assume that whoever the murderer is will probably get some manner of comeuppance. But it's just Osric is so, so abrasive and unlikable by the second chapter that him turning out to be the murderer would be almost anticlimactic. It wouldn't be a twist. It'd be like, oh, yeah, of course he is. Oh, of course he is. He's a jerk. He's the big jerk. (laughs) Which is why he's probably not. Yeah. Right. I mean, the real surprise would be if the captain was the murderer. Because he's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, in that case, it's way too late. Yeah. So, anyway. Enough irresponsible speculation, (laughs) perhaps, for now. Uh, We'll likely learn more as we move into Chapter 4. You're going to want to read up on that in time for next week. And in the meantime, you know, there are a lot of podcasts locally who are not part of the Alberta Podcast Network, who aren't uh, necessarily huge, big podcasts that draw a lot of listeners, but are doing kind of a public service. And so the Edmonton Community Foundation, longtime supporter of the network, has uh, basically set aside some of their ad space to draw attention to these kind of public service podcasts to to get more ears on them. And Anita is going to tell you about one of them right now. With PodPower, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, the Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a PodPower shout out to Book Women. Book Women is a podcast about editing, publishing, and writing Indigenous stories. Three Métis librarians representing nations from across the homeland aim to inspire Indigenous peoples to share their stories in whatever form that they enjoy. Guests include Indigenous storytellers from diverse mediums like podcasting, burlesque, books, comics, social media, films, music, and everything in between. You can listen and find out more at bookwomenpodcast.ca. Yeah, the book women. Yay, book women. We've talked about them before. Yeah, absolutely. Because we, obviously, being a (laughs) book-related podcast, uh, like to give shout-outs to other literary and and bookish and artsy podcasts. Et cetera's, yes. You can uh, find more about the Alberta Podcast Network right now by heading to the website, albertapodcastnetwork.com. While you're there, you'll likely find other podcasts worth your time. You can download them on your podcatcher of choice. While you're there, maybe give us a little uh, rating and a review. That helps us out. We would sure appreciate it, too. We would like to share that appreciation via social media. Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Goodreads. We are at the read along on most of them. Yeah, you can also send us an email. Absolutely. We are the read along at gmail.com. And with that said, as always, we love you very much and we'll see you next time. More space.
Thank you for joining us on The Read Along with your hosts, Anita and Scott Bourgeois, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network. All Read Along music is by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Cover art is by Aaron Beaver. Be sure to join us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Read Along, and check out our group on Goodreads.com.